Yeah, hello everyone. Welcome to the Magic Beans podcast. This is episode number 176 and my name is Cracker. I will be your host for this episode and I'm joined by my good mate Chewy. How you doing? I'm well mate. How are you? Good. It's been a minute since we've done one of these together. We, we went on a bit of a tear for a while there but uh, you've been away for some, I've been away for some. Shorty's been holding down the fort but uh, it's good to be back yeah, doing a cast with you. Yeah, special guests last fortnight, uh, mm-hmm. J-Mud talking about Doctor Who. All things uh, Doctor Who. And yeah, I was very happy to make way uh, for J-Mud. A, J-Mud's great, but also mm-hmm. he knows a whole lot more about that IP than I do. So, so much more. Yeah. He actually watched- looks like the Doctor. Like, <laughs> he does, he does. Yeah. We we, uh, we streamed with him as well, which was a lot of fun playing those decks, and he was uh, he was rocking the vibes there for sure. And Absolutely. he won. Spoilers. Well, Sorry. Yeah, like- did we did we let let him happen? Let him win that? You know who knows? Yeah, you know, we'll, we'll, no one. Go back and watch know. the vod, and you be the judge. See, it's on YouTube. Yep. But, uh, yeah, we've got a bunch of stuff to talk about. There's been a million things that have come out <laughs> in the last two weeks, so we will chat about a whole stack of things: new boosters, new sets, new universes. But before we talk about universes and sets, we got to talk about. Josh and Pats. Yes, we do. I love Josh and Pats. Actually, just today, I went down to my post office, picked up a parcel that was my wife winning a bundle that Pat gave away just for being awesome. So uh, the Josh and Pats Facebook page recently just passed 5,000 members and Pat did a giveaway and my wife won one of them. So uh, there was a set booster box to... Uh, collector boosters and a pack of sleeves that Jen slash me got just for, you know, being on the Josh and Pat Facebook page. So that's the kind of stuff that uh, that Josh and Pat's do all the time. So if you go to jpmtgbazaar.com.au, that'll take you straight to that Facebook page. Like, and every single night there are auctions. There are card lots that go up. There are win it nows. There are claim lots when new sets come out. We're going to talk about Ixalan. So that stuff's going to start coming through. Get bidding because they are like, it's the cheapest place to buy magic cards on the internet. They have a full-time auction ear, which means that the communications and the shipping is second to none. And Pat's an absolute pleasure to deal with. And they sponsor not only our podcast, but our tournament series, which we've just ticked over to uh, the sort of the, the getting serious phase on our current league, which we'll talk about a bit later as well. So jpmtgbazaar.com.au and get bidding and tell them that the Beans sent you. Yeah, I mean, I think it's wild that there's, Pat only has 5,000 members. <laughs> so like, it's, it's good for you if you're listening because there's not that many people bidding against you in the scheme of things. You know, you're not yeah, competing. It's insane. You should have way more. But, yeah. uh, all right. So, mate, stacks of news. Stacks and stacks of news that have come out recently. So, let's just go from, I don't know if the order's exactly right, but one of the big things that's happened in the last, in the last fortnight is play boosters. So, they, Wizards are introducing a new type of booster called play boosters. And they are putting it in place of draft boosters and set boosters. And it's basically combining the two. So it's going to be draftable. So it's going to have six uncommons. So they're going back to 
what they had before they had two different types of boosters? Mm, three. Well, they just had one type of booster? Cause we also, no, because we've still got collector boosters. They're not going Oh, sure. Yeah, I mean, collector boosters are collector they're boosters. They're like their own right? special thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so what? Uh, I'll, I'll just talk about what, what's in the boosters first of all. So sure. it's draftable. There's up to four rares total, which is interesting. Um, so slots one through six is going to be commons. Seven is going to be the list slash common. Uh, then eight through 10 is going to be uncommons. Slot 11 is going to be a rare or a mythic. 12 is going to be a basic. 13 is going to be a non-foil wild card. 14 is going to be a foil wild card. And then 15 is going to be like an add token sort of thing. So 14 cards, which is actually one less than we've normally had, but you've got the list, which can potentially be a rare. Then you've got slot 11, which is your first rare slot, rare slot mythic. Then you've got the wild card in 13, which could also be a rare. And then 14, which is always a foil. So you can guarantee a foil in every pack, which is pretty cool. Uh, and that's also going to be another, you know, it could be anything. It could be a common, uncommon, rare, mythic. It also says star may contain booster fun. So I think they're trying to make a joke there that it might be fun. But um, this is this is what it's going to be. So no more draft boosters in the way that we are have been used to them for 30 years. <laughs> because uh, they pushed set boosters really hard when they released and basically everyone stopped buying draft boosters. Yeah, unless you were specifically unless you were drafting. drafting. Yeah. yeah. Uh, like, why would you buy draft boosters? Like, I mm-hmm. completely understand how, you know, that came about. And, you know, it's a... I don't know how they didn't see that coming. You know, surely the writing on the wall was there. With, like, magic players like value. That's why we play magic. That's why we like two-for-ones and, mm-hmm. you know, cards that give us value. So to have a... Uh, have, <laughs> to have that option, obviously one of them was going to, to do better than the other. And I don't know whether they thought more people bought boxes to draft than, you know, build collections or just the fun of cracking packs than, yeah, what the reality was. But, yeah, it's... Uh, Makes sense, and it's bleedingly obvious from the start that that was always going to be the the case. So what we've got now is, I guess, a a compromise yeah. between the two. And, and draftable's good. The purest drafter in me is like, but it's different. But hey, mm-hmm. like whatever, it's different. It's still drafting. You know, it might be, you know, a percentage of drafts will be a percentage more bomby because there's more rares, you know, sure. being opened. Uh, fine it's also you know this could have been a good card but it's this trash rare that i can't play uh, yep. as well so i i'm not too worried about it from that like as a draft purist mm-hmm. any initial like uh knee jerk reaction guttural response yeah uh was a yeah it was negativity but then when i think about it like it's fine uh, i'm not not sad about that at all uh, I'm not sure what happens with drafting on, you know, Magic Online and Arena, whether that remains as it is or that nope. goes to... So on Arena, specifically, yep. they've said that they are going to be following paper. So they will okay. be moving to these packs in Arena as well. I imagine they will do the same in Magic Online. I can't see why they wouldn't. That I mean, obviously, they're like 
the most entrenched players to play spreadsheet magic. <laughs> um, but but yeah, I, I, I suspect that they will, will make this change um, consistent across the board. That's something they've they've certainly done throughout time. Cool, uh, cool. yeah, not not mad about it. Uh, and uh, I'm imagining that they're probably jacking the price. So they're going to be the same price as set boosters. Okay, okay. So a dollar or two more per pack. So the draft will go up by a few bucks. Yeah. Uh, if if that's what you're going to do. I I get it. Um, and I've been listening to, I actually listened to a really interesting podcast where um, it was Jerry T's podcast and he had a store owner come on and was talking about this. And he had some really good insights actually. So it was was really interesting hearing his perspective. But uh, one of the things that, a lot of people think that draft suffers from is that it, it it's not very exciting, <laughs> right? I, I know that you're not, you don't think that, but in terms of like, it, it could be more exciting. And so this is a, a good way of doing that. Yeah. Uh, and one of the things that set boosters did really well is they captured the excitement of cracking packs. So if you look at other games like Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh and One Piece and all those things, they're basically built around the pack opening experience. And the game side of it is is not so much. And so Wizards are really trying to like leverage some of that hype that goes into those games, in addition to being the best games mechanics as well. Like it's the best actual game to play. Yeah. But they wanted to kind of get those like YouTube shorts, TikToks, Instagram reels, 60 seconds of opening a pack and it being really exciting and building to a thing. Like that was the whole way they pitched set boosters was around like it's the opening and then it's the build up and like even the way that they put them in the pack was the opposite way than they used to put like cards and draft packs and stuff like it was literally the reverse order so and and we do that when we're opening packs for fun right yeah. we and, and i think it's a really it's a the psychology of of this is really really interesting if i'm cracking packs for fun and you know like uh, we've done box opening streams and like Shorty's done some, I've done some, I think you've cracked some, mm-hmm. some, uh, packs on stream as well. You slow roll it, right? And you arena hides the rare, uh, you, you know, like when you peel first it back slowly and, and stuff. Yeah. But when I'm drafting, like I'm in a completely different zone. I'm yep. the rare is the first thing I'm looking at. And then the uncommons. And then, I'm, yep. then I'm looking for my playable comments. It's a completely different, angle that you're taking on the game when you're yeah. uh when you're drafting so yep. totally different mindset yeah yeah so it's a like i i get it uh and it's a uh, i think this is a and a, a pretty good answer to a problem that wizards created for themselves they definitely did do that they definitely yes. did um <laughs> yes i i think so- that's good like long term being able to keep kind of I think I think everyone will be happy with this in the end. I remember when uh Magic Online went to draft leagues and everyone was like, This is the worst. It's not real draft anymore. I'm not playing against the people in my pod and then everyone realized that it, it was the drafts just fired immediately and it was oh, so much yeah. better. I used to draft on Magic Online regularly, right? Like it's mm-hmm. I, I I probably played more Magic Online drafts than and not excluding cube than mm-hmm. any other type of game on magic online. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. I've drafted it a lot and playing your game and then finishing and then having to wait 15 to 30 minutes for your next game. So boring. Like it, it, it was, it was like magic online. We kind of, you know, 
rightly, but also a little bit tongue in cheek. Go, you know, it is it is the literal game mechanics wise. It it was mm-hmm. worse. It, mm-hmm. it was like you're standing around in your LGS waiting for Polly Waffle to you Ooh. know finish his game in turns, <laughs> right? Yeah. So yeah, it's uh that that but that happened online. It's like, but I'm playing online. This should be snappy, right? Yeah. So, and then yeah. the other side of it as well is like you can just go, oh sweet, I've got time for one round. I'm not sitting down and committed to for the next like three hours. Exactly. Of locked into my PC to, to fire a draft. Like you just go, I'm going to draft now and then leave. Go play yeah. with the kids, go have dinner, do whatever, come back, play a game, come back a week later, play the next rounds. Like Exactly perfect. right. Yeah. So yeah, I, I think that this will, will fall into that sort of slot and people will pretty quickly adapt to it. And look, it also means that when they print the next cycle of temples, I'm not spewing that. My, my rare is a temple of Milady or whatever, <laughs> right? Like, a, yeah. oh yeah, that's that's not going in my red, white, aggressive deck or, you know, like it's... So you, you kind of, yes, there's the chance that you play against someone in a sealed event and they've got 20 on-color rares or something like that. But I, I saw someone talking about that and the, the likelihood of getting the 24 rare pool oh, yeah. was... As likely as winning the UK Tats Lotter twice in a row. Okay, there you go. Was like in the billions. Yeah, so exactly. It, it, statistically and impossible, I think. Negativity bias. Yeah. Uh, anyway, and, I think someone know, was just joking with, with that that kind of thing. Yeah, but it's a ah oh, look, someone to be salty about it for sure. Of course, but absolutely. Uh, so yeah, so set boosters fine. A yep. couple uh, yep. of extra bucks on your draft is. Uh, a, a bit annoying, but as seen by the numbers of sales, you know, that affects the smaller market share. Uh, it does. That's why they're making this change. So, yeah. And also, you're going to get more value, right? Exactly. In theory, yeah. you've got more res that you're opening or have the potential to open. So, and you're going to get past more res. How good does it feel when you get past a rare? That's what's the best thing about Cube, man. Yeah. <laughs> it's getting past yeah. these busted cards. Like, oh my goodness. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. So yeah, overall play boosters uh, a good fix to Wizards' own problem. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So We've got yeah. a, a, a universes beyond another there's, one. There's two, actually. Oh. So the one that you actually haven't written in here is Fallout. Oh yeah, yeah. The, I actually pretty excited about that one because the art looks yeah. so amazing. So yeah, so Fallout is coming uh, next year. They've just given us a bunch of cards early in terms of that i think they gave us those previews like three or four days after the doctor who set was actually officially released uh it, they don't it, waste any time do it they? has not been not been long since the doctor who set came out but uh yeah i've got a, a guy i work with he's just like a massive fallout um fan yep and so i was like hey check this out and he's like when can i buy the cards and i was like not for ages yet and he's like tell me when I can pre-order them, I'm going to buy them all. He just wants to buy the Commander decks and stuff. He doesn't play the game at all. Like, has never played Magic in his life. But it's cool. But he was so excited. He's like, oh, the dog is so cool. And like, this character is awesome. And they've done such a good job with like talking about this. I'm like, oh, that's sick, man. He like, he doesn't know mechanics or anything like that. But like, he's looking at the art and the pictures and like the flavor text and stuff. He's like, yeah, they're just killing it for this sort of stuff. Yeah. So. And look, I, I felt the same way about the 40K stuff and J-Mud about the, uh, the Doctor Who stuff. And mm-hmm. uh, it's it's a good thing. But I guess it, it's a narrow uh, narrower audience. You know, like you and I can look at it and go, oh yeah, th- that's cool, but I'm not invested in that IP. So 
like we kind of move on from it pretty quickly. That's why they have it in sort of rapid succession, I think, to yeah, know, for sure. keep, there's, have those like peaks and troughs with hype. Yep. Uh, the the Marvel one is is an interesting one. So I, you know, Marvel has its own card game. It does. And well, it has its own mobile game. Yes, which is a very different thing to a card game. No, yes, but well, they're digital cards effectively. Like that, well, they look like a card. They're rectangles, sure. right? In the in the thing. So it's uh yeah, it's very interesting that you know, and look, Marvel is such a you know juggernaut and a money making machine that you know they feel like they can carry both, I guess. But at what point? Do we, how long can they flog this horse before the horse dies and they, you know, get too much? Like, uh, I, I don't know if they're there yet. Like I'm, I'm excited about things that are coming out and I think it's a cool concept that, you know, you can get these commander decks that are designed to play together and become their own, you know, someone's ultimate Khan and you've got your own mini game. Uh, that are almost like a almost like a board game experience, right? You can sit down mm-hmm. and play the 40k decks or the the Doctor Who decks, and you can keep them the same, or you can you know do whatever you want with them. Really, you know, you can upgrade things and uh, build on themes, and uh, you know, just buy singles to add to an existing deck. But I love them from a we're going to play Doctor Who, so you get four mates and you you play that, and it's a replayable thing. Or we're going to play 40k, we're going to play Fallout, and that's that's fun. I, I, I like that, but at what point does complete saturation and uh, the constant hype train and when do people get sick of it and that where they have to like put this on the back burner for a couple of years before they bring it back? Or are they just making so much money off it? This is just now part of the game and we just need to go, okay, that one's coming out. I'm not interested. I'm going to ignore it because I know this next month there's going to be something else out that is maybe something I enjoy. Yeah, definitely that. So the as far as being uh, the yeah, I think the main thing for these is you have to understand that as much as we love some of these IPs and they are built for magic, they are not for entrenched magic players. They are new player acquisition tools. Yes. And so if you look at them in that light, right? So the guy who um, I was talking about before who runs the card shop was saying that there was um, these older ladies who are huge Doctor Who fans coming in and buying the pre-cons so they could play the Doctor Who game. Never played Magic before. No idea what yep. it was, right? Okay. So in, in terms of a, a as a client, as a customer acquisition tool, they are the best thing they can do. Because if I sit down or if I walk into you know, a place at work, right? And I go, oh, hey, who wants to play some magic with me? I've got this sick Ajani deck and this awesome Jace deck. They're going to go, huh? Or if I walk in and go, who wants to play magic? I've got Wolverine versus Iron Man. Yeah. What do you think people are going to do? Like what is going to grab their attention? And then you go, well, once people play, they have so much faith in the gameplay and the replayability of magic, which we all do because... We're 176 episodes into a podcast here, Drew. <laughs> um, I don't know what to tell you, man. We've been, uh, I, been, playing, been playing this for a long this time. I, I've been playing this game for half of my life. Right. And I'm, I'm it, in my 40s, right? It, so, exactly. Yeah, so once it gets its hooks in, then you've got people. And yep. so I think that's where uh, 
universes beyond its its biggest strength is is introducing new people via ips that they love like you look at like you said marvel is a juggernaut marvel is literally the biggest ip in the world yeah like it just it just is it's it's bigger than just anything else you look at endgame as a movie it made like two and a half billion dollars or something as one movie yeah i had to think for a second there whether juggernaut was dc or marvel no no he's 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 part of the x-men universe yeah, yeah, so yeah, good, good. So I, I used the right. Uh, you did, yeah, right no, you, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> then we're good. Um, so I look, I I also feel the fatigue because they went uh, Doctor Who finished, Fallout was announced, Marvel was announced, Ixalan is announced. Literally, they had everything back to back to back within a week. So not not Doctor Who announced, but like Doctor Who finished, and then in between, bang, bang, bang. in between Fallout previews and. Ixalan previews, whichever I knew the start date of, they threw Marvel in there as well. So, like, it's, it is insane. Marvel is also, um, I think it's 2025, it's due to come out and it's been flagged as being multiple tentpole um, sets. And so, Lord of the Rings was a tentpole set. Like, the Final Fantasy, I'm pretty sure, is one of the next big tentpole sets. So, but they're talking multiples. So, if I, I hope people like Marvel because you're probably locked in for years of this stuff now um and apparently it's something they've been working on for years as well mario was saying that it took a really long time as you can imagine working with an ip this big and you know you you are actually working with disney now right like hasbro is working with disney it's that kind of level of yeah oh, i just imagine the amount of lawyers involved oh <laughs> like infinite. not just not just the creative people yeah yeah uh, yeah but yeah the yeah there's so many and look if you if you don't know how uh, difficult the uh, the IP can be, just like Google like what happened with Spider Man, right? Yeah, like, Spider Man and, and Sony, Sony. And, and, yeah, yep, all yep, that stuff. Yep, absolutely. So okay, um, so like I guess the message for everyone is like chill and just ignore the stuff that you're not interested in. Like yeah. otherwise, you, the fatigue really builds up. So yeah. yeah. 100%. And look, honestly, like I remember a few years ago, Mara came out and said that like not every magic set is for everyone. Not every product is for everyone. And yeah. that got people really upset. But it's so true. And, and and now it's just like, hey, do you know what the most secret recent layer is? No, me neither. Has that ruined your experience of magic? Uh, nope. Yeah, but no, me neither. When, when secret, <laughs> like, yeah, some secret layers might pop up that look cool and then, you know, I'll put in an order. Yeah, we've but... got some. They look amazing. Yeah. Yep. And... But you know, then but there are some people that you know love secret layers and like the magic population engages with the game on so many different ways. Mm-hmm. There are so many different budgets involved, mm-hmm. and you know, like I don't buy collector boxes. I might buy a collector booster or yep. two, mm-hmm. right? And uh, but you know, other people we know buy buy cases of collector boxes right mm-hmm. but it so you know collector boosters sometimes for me but you know not for you know somebody else but absolutely for other people for me i i like buying a box and that you know so a a play booster box that's for me that's where i sit in the market and then i buy singles from josh and pat's mtg bizarre uh and that's you know that's where i sit in and i i play the digital games and you know you know i what i guess what i'm saying is 
don't get upset about what is for you and what is not for you. Have a look at where you sit within the, the Watsy marketing stream because I guarantee you there are things that uh, are catered for you, right? There is something there for you no matter where you are in the spectrum of, of Magic players. Uh, there's something there for you and enjoy that and engage with that. And if the other stuff isn't for you, that's not an attack on you. That just means it's not for you. Focus on the stuff that is. Because you can't focus on everything. It's too much. So, yeah. Agreed. Narrow it down. Yeah. Agreed. Awesome. So, now we've talked about that, let's talk about new cards. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, let's talk about, like I said, let's... it's like uh, play boosters are for me. Yep. Uh, the uh, the Lost Caverns of Ixalan will have some play boosters. Yeah, yeah. When are we when are we seeing them? What's coming? Uh that's a good question. I don't know what the release date is. I should know that. I didn't look it up. Uh seventeenth of November. There you go. Seventeenth of November, not too far away. So, so only a couple weeks of weeks away. away. Yeah. yeah. Uh but what we have is the mechanics. We we do this for every new main set, every set that comes into standard. And uh, this is no different. So there's there's a bunch of returning mechanics, which is cool. Okay. I- Ixalon, I really liked it in terms of like the flavor. Like I thought it was a really cool set. It felt a little cluttered at times with dinosaurs and pirates and vampires all in the same thing at once. Yeah, think, and the, think... the tribal uh, or typal. Yeah. Uh, yep. <laughs> um, so the gameplay didn't have a lot of playability like the drafting it was an underpowered set yeah and it but, was but it also it was a bit scattered. repetitive but yeah. but from a uh uh a thematic perspective you know it was cool and yes i liked where it sat within the sort of the nikki b you know uh you know that storyline g- gatewatch you know yeah, yeah. storyline yep. stuff it was a pivotal plane in that so yeah and for an introduction of a new plane uh, I thought they kind of killed it. I thought yeah. they did a really good job. Yeah, so we're back, which is cool. And we've got, yeah, we've got some returning mechanics to, to no surprise. So first one off the ranks, double face cards. I think they are just in every set now. <laughs> I think we should always expect to see them. So you know what they are. You know what they do if you've played Magic at any time recently. Uh, these are transforming double face cards. Yeah. So we've got uh, this... Idol of the Deep King is the first example here. It's two and a red for an artifact with flash. It says when it ETBs, it deals two damage to any target. And then it also has an activated ability which says craft with artifact. So it's two and a red. It says exile this artifact and exile another artifact you control or an artifact card from your graveyard, which is pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Return this card transformed under its owner's control, craft only as a sorcery. So... Different keywords, slightly different timing rules. These vary from set to set. And then, oh man, this set is going to just kill people with it. I apologize to any uh, South American and Spanish speaking folks because that's not us. Uh, yeah, people are going to... Uh, do you know, I, I it's, can't yeah. wait to hear Shorty with, you know, pronouncing everything it's, 100% it's, phonetically. It's, yeah, it's going to be great. Yeah, it's going to be great. Uh, yeah. So this is Sovereign's uh, Machahoodly, I think it is. I don't know. That's not even it. Anyway, it's a Match sword. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
And when it enters the battlefield, you attach it to a creature you control. It's an equipment. Uh, a creature gets plus two, plus O, and it has equip of two. And this is really cool. Um, these are... They've gone really um, deep with making sure that they are true to the nations that they're pulling from. So obviously this is very much a like Aztec, Inca themed South American you yeah. know, conquistador set. And these are like wooden swords with um, obsidian blades, which is very cool. Well, they have cultural consultants now, they do. Uh, which, which I think is great because, you know, some of the things that we've seen in the past have been, you know, perhaps a little tone deaf and they've, mm-hmm. they've learned from that. And mm-hmm. uh, it adds a depth to, to sets that have those, uh, you know, that setting or themes inspired by real world places. And well, yeah, it gives it real grounding, right? Like it gives, it adds a sense of realism to it. And look, this is as somebody who uh, has, you know, some indigenous um, roots. Uh, I, I love seeing this for, for other cultures because it, it calls out, you know, people, are, they, they'll feel seen so that people that are, uh, you know, Japanese in the Kamigawa set or, or people that are South American here can go, Hey, that's, that's, you know, I, I'm represented here, mm-hmm. but also for, for the rest of the world and, and other people in those regions that, you know, don't share that, that heritage. It's also educational. Yeah. Uh, you know, we can look at this and go, Oh, this, what, what is this? I'm going to Google this and I'm going to learn stuff and I'm going to, yeah. And I'm going to learn to respect somebody else's culture that, that I, you know, might not have even known existed or aspects of a culture that I didn't know existed. So I, it's a, you know, I think it's a good thing all, all around, you know, magic's a worldwide game and having people from all over the world represented is great. So end tangent, but Big I, I agree. think- I think it's a, a really, really good thing. Yeah, so, for sure. Yeah. Me too. So uh, the next example they've got is same thing, but it's with craft with uh, four or more non-LAN artifacts with activated abilities. This thing's wild, man. It's the Enigma Jewel. It's blue. Uh, it enters... It's a legendary artifact. It's, uh, it enters the battlefield tap, and it has the ability. It says, tap, add two colorless. Soul ring. Hello? No, not quite. Spend this mana only to activate abilities. And then its activated ability is craft with four or more non-lands with activated abilities. And it costs eight and a blue. Which is just uh, a preposterous a amount of mana and things. But you can use itself to pay for that, right? So it's... You, you tap. You can, yeah, because yeah. you don't have to tap it as well, which is good. Uh, but then the backside of it is the Locus of Enlightenment, which is a legendary artifact. Locus of Enlightenment has each activated ability of the exiled cards used to craft it. You may activate each one of those abilities only once each turn. Whenever you activate an ability that isn't a mana ability, copy it. You may choose new targets for the copy. This is so, just a combo commander card, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I guess the one that jumps to mind is you can exile a bunch of planeswalkers. And then you can activate each of the planeswalkers under there. I mean, they are gone. Like when it's destroyed, they are exiled. So, you know, you don't get them back when the thing is destroyed. Ah, oh, it's not hard. It's, you know, way too difficult to just destroy artifacts. So it's, it's, it's nearly fine. impossible. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> um,. We're, we're, not, cool. we're, we're not judging the cards particularly at the moment, but uh, it's a mythic, so clearly they think it's pretty good. 
Well, look, there's it's, there's it's probably a way to just kind of like win the game on the spot with it. Combo uh, if if you like get that. you know if convoluted you and crazy to, enough, yeah. Listen, man, if you if you're tapping for nine, <laughs> you should probably be winning the game somehow. Yeah, absolutely. With four or more non-lands. Anyway, um, there's some returning cards, some reprints. There is. I'm really excited about these next two. So the growing rights of Itlamok is back. So these are. Uh, transforming double face cards so growing rights is back and also treasure map uh so these don't specifically have uh, activated ability they have a triggered ability so growing you just rights, got to meet the conditions right exactly so growing yeah. rights is two and a green for a legendary enchantment uh when etbs look at the top four cards of your library you may put a you may reveal a creature card from among them put it into your hand and put the rest on your library in the bottom in any order and then at the beginning of your end step, if you control four or more creatures, transform it, and it turns into Itlamok, Cradle of the Sun, which taps for a green, and also taps for a green for each creature you control, which is Gaia's Cradle. Gaia's is, Cradle at home is what this is. But it the, is. I have the, done the it, and it still taps for a lot of mana. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I played this in my uh, Elemental Tribal Commander deck, mm-hmm. uh, because, you know, as a three mana thing, you know, it's a cantrip. It's fine, yeah. like it's it's playable, but then, yeah, it becomes it becomes guy's cradle and treasure map is definitely a card you have uh, got some uh, yeah some fondness for. So I do. yeah, so it's uh, it's if you don't know, it's a two mana artifact. You can pay one and tap it. You scry one and you put a counter on it, uh, and then once there are three or more uh, counters on it, you transform it. Mm-hmm. and create three treasure tokens and then you can uh it becomes a land treasure cove adds colorless or you can tap it sacrifice a treasure draw a card and i don't know if you've been paying much attention to like magic over the last like five years but mm. like treasure tokens are pretty easy to create so this just yeah. becomes a really like so it's a smooths your draws finds your cards and then just turns into a like that mid to late game draw engine like won many games off a of treasure map and it's coming from aggressive and mid-range deck sideboards in control matchups from the day that it was printed so it's a it's a good, good magic card good to it's see it's a this great back. card yeah i'm really pleased to see both of these returning actually um i i wasn't expecting to necessarily see reprints but when i spotted these two and also um thrashing bronzodon is back Thrashy B. Thrashy B. So two green green for a three four with an activate ability of sack, uh, destroy target enchantment or artifact. I I don't even have the card in front of me. I just just remember what it does. Like we played that one a lot too. A really strong. I play that in my Moldrotha commander. Yeah, because it's just like I'm just you know every turn I'm four four mana every turn, but I'm just gonna blow up your best artifact or or Mm -hmm. it's uh yeah the 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 epitome of the rock right there. Um, exactly. I, I like it. Um, what's the the next thing? We've got the opposite of the mechanic that we had the first time we went to Ixalan, where we had Ascend, where you got like the city's blessing. Mm-hmm. Now we've got Descend. We got Descend. What's, we're going. We're going about? down. So this is complicated. Actually, there's quite a few parts to Descend here. So basically, it's a uh, there'll be a check at different points if a permanent card has been put into your graveyard from anywhere. So that is the definition of descend. So you have descended if a permanent card has been put into your graveyard from anywhere. So 
discarded, you've had a creature countered, you've had something die, you've sacrificed, you've milled. Exactly. Now, it doesn't have to stay in your graveyard. So, So sacrificing a treasure token I've descended. Okay. Yep. Yep. So, tokens, um, be they, yeah, treasures or um, creature tokens or anything like that, because in a strict rule sense, I know you know this, but like um, tokens hit the graveyard, they exist there very briefly and then they cease to exist, right? They don't remain there. They are not a game object in a permanent sense, but in a technical sense, they are permanent when they enter the graveyard, at which point they have triggered to descend. So the example we've got here is Broodmage Mycoid, which is three and a black for a four, three. And it says at the beginning of your end step, if you descended this turn, create a one one black fungus creature token with this creature can't block. Okay. It, it's a common like obviously then not every card that they preview here is amazing, but like I mean that's pretty good. You cast oh, it in limited, oh, it's this, if four three that yeah. brings a one one. If something died, you, you you know, you throw a bad attack in it and you get some extra value. Well you just yeah, you just keep attacking with that one one and you keep descending and this you know, exactly. You, you have briefly. other things with descend on it apart from this, but this just mm-hmm. means that you descend every turn, or they don't block and you just keep attacking. So yeah, seems it's all, good. It's all upside. Yeah, uh, this seems very much like the uh, Golgari mechanic. Looking at the two cards they've got here, whereas uh, ascend was the was black white, wasn't it? it was mostly yeah the, the city's blessing yeah, the, uh, gr- green as well. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Green definitely had it. So we've also got a couple of other things. So there is Descend 4, Descend 8, and Fathomless Descent. So the example we've got here is um, Didact Echo, which is a 4 and a blue for a 3-2. And it says, uh, when, Didact enter, when Didact Echo enters the battlefield, draw a card. And then I it mean, has Descend 4. I mean, 5-0-3-2 that draws a card when it comes in. I'm, I'm playing that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and then it has Descend 4. So it says, Didact Echo has flying as long as there are four or more permanent cards in your graveyard. So this is kind of threshold. Not quite. Threshold was always seven. It counted just the total numbers. This is permanence. So yeah, and it's, it's not, not four permanent types either. It's correct. just like four permanent cards. Yep. Okay. Exactly. But it also doesn't care about descending like with the mycoid, which was... At the beginning of your end step, if you descend to this turn, so this is descend four. It just, it's just counts. It is it is a state based effect that will check that there are four cards um, that has flying. So if you can interact with a graveyard at instant speed, you can, you know, they attack with a flyer and you exile two cards from the graveyard. All of a sudden, it will lose flying. It is a a permanent thing that it will. It doesn't just retain that ability forever. So, um, and then we've got fathomless descent. So. That is, uh, the example here is Song of Stupefaction. It's a <laughs> great name. Pretty, pretty great name. Uh, it's one in a blue enchant creature or vehicle. Uh, when it enters the battlefield, you may mill two cards. May is okay. interesting. Normally yep. these things don't give you the choice. Uh, it also says Fathomless Descent. So Enchanted Permanent gets minus X, minus O, where X is the number of permanent cards in your graveyard. Okay. Cool. Like it's a you know it it's, a it's a scaling effect. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So this will be, it's a solid, uh, you know, removal spell for blue decks in limited. Uh, they can still block with yep. the uh, with the creature, absolutely. Yep. But uh, so it's not as good as you know a um, like pacifism. 
mm-hmm. but it, uh, it it it'll do the job. So yep, okay, uh, interesting mechanic where yeah, just you know, it's that italicized flavor. Te- sorry, mechan- uh What's the word? Yeah, a mechanic name, and we saw this with um, you know the D and D set. Mm-hmm. Uh, where you know it could just say enchanted permanent gets minus x minus o, but you know they've given it a name. Yeah, it's a like temporary keyword sort of thing. Yeah, and you know there once was a time where creatures with vigilance said attacking doesn't cause Sarah Angel to tap, right? Mm-hmm. So some of these stick, uh, but you know fathomless descent probably will see it in this set and then never again. Yeah, but, yeah, correct. Yeah, interesting. Okay. So we've got some more mechanics. There's a, yeah, there's a there's, bunch. Yeah. We're still going. Uh, okay. What's up? This next What's one is next? called Discover. Uh, Discover is fixed cascade, kind of, question mark. So it's Geological Appraiser is the card we've got here to talk about. Uh, it's two red red for a 3-2. And it says when a Geological Appraiser enters the battlefield, if you cast it, Discover 3. So then it says exile cards from the top of your library until you exile a non-land card with mana value three or less. Cast it without paying its mana cost or put it into your hand. Put the rest on the bottom in a random order. So Cascade is a cast trigger uh, mm-hmm. rather than it enters the battlefield. And it also doesn't care where it was cast from. Yeah, that's right. Once it, yeah, absolutely. Well, I yeah, that's, that is true. Yeah, yeah. Because you can cascade into other cascade spells. Yes. Like we see at modern at the moment where people are cascading Blood Braid into Shardless into Up the Beanstalk. I, uh, I, yeah. <laughs> just <laughs> just as an aside. <laughs> I, I, I remember playing Jund in Standard back in the day and you mm-hmm. would like cast Petuminous Blast and mm. you cascade into Blood Braid Elf Oof. into like Lightning. Right, like, oh, and there was great. a lot of value. Like, yeah, so like, kill your thing, get a three-two, and you take three and discard two cards. Right, like it was just like, well, yeah, oh, I'm doing it. Like, it's the most jun thing ever, right there, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. so and like, cascade's been problematic from a, a, a rules perspective. Um, yep. you know, like, see modern for more information. Correct. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, this seems cool. Um, the thing about Cascade, if you cascade it into um, Counterspell, yes. right? Uh, it, you either counter your own spell or or it goes on the bottom where this, you can put it into your hand. So Which is strict upgrades. That that Yeah, so I think this, you hit the nail on the head here where they've fixed Cascade. Yeah, it's it's nerfed. Let's be clear; like it's not strictly nerfed. not strictly yeah. better. So the spell has to resolve. It does have to be cast from your hand, so you can't just chain them together like you can with Cascade. But this seems like a really good implementation. I like uh, it, and it's funny. Like you look at other four mana two threes with Cascade. Like this is not Blood Braid Elf. <laughs> this is not right? Blood Braid. No. So, but this is this is pretty. Though. like Doesn't, I, I but it's a common it's uh, uncommon sorry yeah it is and, and so was blood Raid, i believe but i can't remember maybe it was a rare um uh, but it's a, a an interesting thing uh it's it it's card advantage mm-hmm. uh it's uh interesting thing to you know build your deck around or, or build your deck with this sort of thing 
in consideration. Mm-hmm. It's just not a busted combo piece like we've got with Cascade. So oh, I like it. Uh, hopefully it plays well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, they have noted in here about adventure cuts because obviously we're still just rolling out of Wilds of Eldraine. There's a lot of adventures. So the example they gave here is Picnic Ruiner, which is uh, a one and a red for a 2-2... Two, two, Goblin Rogue, but it also has the adventure side, which is stolen goodies, which is three and a green. So oh, yeah. the cat, ruling yeah. the ruling is that you can cast Picnic Ruiner because it's less than three. Which but is you the, can't cast stolen goodies. But you can't cast stolen goodies. So you can choose. Okay. You can either cast Picnic Ruiner or you can put it in your hand. Yeah. At which point, then obviously you can cast stolen goodies from your hand. So yeah. uh, it it is that fixed because Cascade obviously had that problem for a while there where you would cascade into boom bust and you would cast the bust side of it and yeah. block everyone's lands and all that sort of it, stuff. It, so, even in standard at the moment with the um, the Alara battle, mm-hmm. you know, you can do you can do busted stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah. With with that. So Yeah, Tibalt's yeah, trickery I, was the same and casting into Tibalt and all that sort of stuff. So anyway, there's yeah, a bunch of different things that were were um, wrong Dumb. <laughs> before yeah, yeah. well just and like well, also you... unintuitive for new players as well i think that's a really important um consideration yes, yeah definitely yeah so this will be cool uh still going more mechanics let's go all right all right explore. let's keep exploring this yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> oh sorry i was uh, I, I didn't mean to steal your gag yeah you just cut me off uh, then didn't you I did. yeah uh explorer's back so when it enters the battlefield when it dies. So we've got the Miner's Guidewing here, which is white for a 1-1 with Flying and Vigilance. Seems pretty good. Suntai Hawk up- yep. upgrade. Yep. Yeah. Uh, when it dies, target creature you control explores. So Ooh, exp- target creature. Oh, yeah. Mm. Like, okay. So uh, explore is reveal the top card of your library. Put that card into your hand if it's a land. Otherwise, put a plus one, plus one counter on that creature. Then put that card back in put that card back on top or into your graveyard. So if it's a land, you always draw it. Your creature doesn't get a buff. If it's a spell, then your creature gets a plus one, plus one. Uh, and then you can either mill it, put it into your graveyard, or you can put it into your hand. And explore will come with like explore one. Exp- it'll say explore or explore two. We saw that with um, Jade Light Ranger back in the, the last set, which was it's, it was a, a powerhouse yeah. card. Yep, absolutely. Um, and that, that had explore too. So you got to... Basically, you could put the card... If it was a, a spell that you wanted, you could put it on top, reveal it, get a plus one, plus one counter Jade Light, reveal it again, and then get another plus one, plus one counter. Or you could put it in the graveyard and then reveal the next card. So it, there were some interesting decisions with... Uh, multiple explore triggers and depending so on what you wanted to do it really to it. Yeah. did yeah. Um, and, and it just drew your lands like it was, it was oh, yeah. very good also very good uh, yeah I I like the explore mechanic it feels like there's a lot of mechanics in this set there is a lot yeah yeah. Uh, that's okay we're still going <laughs> we've got we've got map counters I didn't know map won the invitational and uh, got to create his own card. I mean, he, one world could. Yeah, well, he's good enough. Yeah, yeah, I think so. So, uh, map their tokens. So, a map token gets created. So, we've got the Waterwind Scout 
as an example here. So it's two and a blue for a two-two creature Merfolk Scout. Because don't forget, Merfolk were in this set before. That's a flying Merfolk. Okay. It is a flying Merfolk. And he's got water wings. Water wing. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I'll see what's up. Yep. Uh, so when it enters the battlefield, create a map token. And a map token is an artifact token. And it has activated ability of one tap. Sacrifice this artifact target creature you control explores. Activate only as a sorcery. Okay, so your creatures don't have to have the explore token. Uh, this uh, fuels your descend cards because mm-hmm. sacrificing the map descends, but then you're able to put cards in your graveyard by exploring, which can make your you know the other dude fly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I, there's some there's some interaction Synergies. here between the uh, between these mechanics. So yeah. pretty cool. I like yeah, it. it is. Uh, rather than just being tied to a creature, I imagine there's probably some spells and things that will create map tokens, which is cool. Yeah, I could early do- early doors, but oh my goodness, this set is all about playing to the board. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Like, very much so. It's a good thing standard isn't already like this big mid range slugfest. Gosh. Uh-huh. <laughs> all right. So we've got one more thing. Which is called finality counters. Oh, they so left that to last. Nice. They, they did, yeah. Very yeah. clever. Uh, this is actually, it sounds complicated, but it's actually not too bad. So we've got the intrepid paleontologist here, which is one and a green for a 2 2. Uh, it's a human druid. Uh, it's got an activability of tap, add one mana of any color. Pretty Love good. It. Two yep. mana, 2 2 mana dork. Uh, and then it has the activated ability of two exile target card from a graveyard. And then you may cast dinosaur creature spells from among the cards you exiled with Intrepid Paleontologist. If you cast a spell this way, that creature enters the battlefield with a finality counter on it. If a creature with a finality counter die would die, exile it instead. So they're just keywording it mm. around creatures that cast from a graveyard. They never went back. Not they never. They very rarely went back. To yeah, that's the graveyard. That's a they end up in exile. Thing, right? It's yeah. it's like flashback. It's like jumpstart. It's like a bunch of those different things. Yeah, there was a, the so, angel from a few sets ago that let you play yep. things, and then yeah, it had some life tacked onto it. That one, but yeah, it's uh, a bit like the uh, the previous mechanic where they've just kind of keyworded it a little bit, but yeah, um, cool cool card. Yeah, uh, it seems really and, good. And uh, it's a, you know, your opponent's got to have dinosaurs to, you know, use the big block of text at the bottom. But mm-hmm. yeah, from a pure previews perspective, a grizzly bear that's a manador uh, and also some graveyard interaction seems like a standard playable card. Absolutely. 100%. Because yeah. it does say exile target card from a graveyard. So yeah. it's not yours. So it is effectively and you have to tap to do that, like it's just nope. a mana sink. Yeah. Well, you can tap it to pay for the cost. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, so it's a scavenging ooze almost. That doesn't, yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, like the, the screws that doesn't grow, but it, yeah. But it's a screws bird of paradise as well. Yeah. <laughs> All right, screws we got of paradise. Yeah, <laughs> screws of paradise. All right. I like it. So there's a lot going on in this set. It's going to take a while to wrap your head around everything. There's going to be they, some complicated board states. There definitely is. is. See, yeah. Yeah. A lot of it feels very familiar though, right? It feels so like even though we've, yeah. we've, we've talked a lot about um, 
you know, what we've got going on, but it's like this transforming. We know about double face cards. We know about activated. We know about triggered double face cards. We've got descend, which again, it doesn't feel super hard to understand, right? If something died this turn, we, we trigger an ability or we're counting it's, the number of permanents in a graveyard. It feels better than ascend where you have to count the number of permanents you control. You're like, oh, Correct. I actually had the city's blessing here and I've missed it. Or yeah, yeah. I'm triggering the city's blessing, but I that thing died last turn, right? That, and it's not that, like the day-night absolute, cycle. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. horrible. Um, yeah. So the, the one that might be a little different for a lot of people is going to be uh, discover. Discover three, right? Or discover four, yeah. whatever those end up being. Again, it a little hard to conceptualize sometimes, but once you play with it, it actually plays out really intuitively. Yeah, you I just so. flip yeah. cards from the top of your deck until you hit a spell that's got mana value less than the number, and then you either cast it or you put it in your hand. Pretty cool. Yeah, and yep. then explore. We've done before treasure tokens. We've done before map is just explore, and then finality is just kind of. The it's same. a familiar thing. It is. Like, it is. Yeah, exactly they've just right. put. They've just formalized it. Yeah, <laughs> which is cool. Sense. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so some millions of cards. Pre- yeah, absolutely. We've got some previews out, uh, and uh, I had a quick flick through Scryfall and mm-hmm. the uh, on the Magic Beans Discord. We've got the new set and preview mm. discussion mm-hmm. thread, which pops off at, uh, well, all the time because there's always new things. Uh, so uh, link to the Discord in the show notes. God, if you're not there, you got to be there. Uh, but yeah, there's a couple of cards that jumped out at me. Yeah. Uh, so I just thought, you know, in the uh, last few minutes of the cast this evening, we would run through some of the ones that I, 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 I like some of these for different reasons. Uh, some of them, I think they're just kind of cool. Some I'm excited about uh, from a commander perspective or a draft mm-hmm. perspective, uh, but then but the first one I think is gonna gonna have a presence in standard, and that is Bone Horde Draco Saw. Oh it's yeah, a, it's a three a two red for a five five dinosaur dragon with flying and first strike. Five mm-hmm. minute, five, five, first strike, fly. Okay, bang, I'm in. Uh, and it is. Uh, it has a big block of text on it as well. So it says, at the beginning of your upkeep, uh, exile the top two cards of your library. You may play them this turn. If you exiled a land card this way, create a 3-1 red dinosaur creature token. If you exiled a non-land this way, create a treasure token. So it is a giant dragon that makes an army and discard advantage. Yes, it dies to Doomblade. You have to untap with it. But, oh my gosh, if you untap with this thing, your chances of winning the game go through the roof, right? Do you know what it does? Block Shieldred. It does block Shieldred, yes. Because it's got first strike. It's got first strike. (laughs) Five power power first strike is a big game. Uh, Well, also, I'm going to play Sheldred on four and this on five, right? Yeah, okay, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I'm probably not going to do that. I've not actually cast that many Sheldreds. But it's a... uh, It's a a big boy. It's a big... It's a a big beater, so... It's a big card. Yeah. So, this will 
seaplane standard. It, it will do things. And, yeah, five uh, mana giant dragons tend to seaplane standard. Yeah, and oh boy, do I want to open this at the pre-release. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, very good. So from very uh, large to very small, I have yeah, a card. Yeah. This one is called the Poison Dart Frog. Have you seen this one? It's one on a green for a frog creature. It's a 1-1. It has reach. It says tap, add one mana of any color. It also has an activated ability of two. Poison Dart Frog gains death touch until end of turn. That's pretty good. It's a common too. Hang so on, that's, so it's got... It's, it's a bird of paradise. Yep. So it's what? Yep. So it's one and a green for a one one with tap add one mana of any color with reach. It's a frog, right? So it's got reach. Oh, one and, and a green, not one green. Sorry. No, no, no one and a green. Yep. So it's two mana. Okay. Yep. Two yeah. Yeah. It's not. It's not actual. Just strict upgrades like, on board. I, well, and, and that common, like I was losing my mind. Yep, yeah. Okay. Uh, and then uh, it has activated no, no, ability. Birds of, flies. Have you yeah, ever put a sword true. of fire and ice on your bird? Oh, oh, oh. There's been some fun standards over the years. Yeah. Um, and then it gains so, death touch. People are going to get st- stung, pun intended, by a reachy surprise death touching <laughs> frog. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, it's, and cute art too. It's very it's cute. Yeah, with a little skull that it's hanging out in. Yeah, it's like yeah, literally in the jawbones of mm-hmm. a dead It's smiling at you though. <laughs> yeah, oh, I love it. Uh, so that's pretty cool. Yep. Um, uh, I will play this in limited, like. If I'm in, yeah, absolutely. Like mm-hmm. that's a, a that's a good little card. I like it. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna use the poison dart frog, hopefully, to ramp into my Golta Stampede Tyrant. So, mm-hmm. Golta favorite in your household, uh, oh, yeah. and has yeah definitely hit the battlefield in competitive. Uh, Settings, but yeah, this is the the newest iteration. So, uh, legendary creature, elder dinosaur, Golter Stampede Tyrant, five green, green, green for a 12 12 with trample. So, eight mana, 12 12 trample. Like, the my inner Timmy is like excited, mm-hmm. uh, but but it gets better when Golter Stampede Tyrant enters the battlefield. Put any number of creature cards from your hand onto the battlefield. <laughs> like, like get in, go, get in, fools. Like we're going. Like it's a uh, an exciting card uh, from a Timmy perspective. It, it's a commander card, absolutely, uh, but it doesn't have a if you cast it from your hand or if you ca- you know it just nope, says when it's, it's when it enters. It, yeah, so you can reanimate this and then put some big big fatties in your hand from your hand into play. You can flicker this and get multiple activations. Uh yeah. And yeah, it's it's fun and cool and very, very Timmy. Is it good? Maybe. Uh probably not. But this is fun. Like like this is a yeah. It's a, a little bit tooth and nail. Uh, mm-hmm. a little a little bit, um, you know, it's kind of a sneak attack, extra activations sort of thing. Uh-huh. So yeah, I, I, I quite like it. Very cute. I like uh, and flavorful from you know what what Golta does 
and uh, yeah, rallying all of the other uh, dinos. dinos to come fight. Yeah, and yeah, if you, and I mean, there are some pretty hectic dinosaurs that you can put into play uh, that that do some pretty crazy things, creature based combos, and just put a Tali into play. Yeah, things like that. Yeah. yeah. So there's another one I've got here, which is called uh, Tarian's Journal. So this is uh, one and a black for a legendary artifact. And it has the activate ability of tap, sacrifice another artifact or creature, draw a card, activate only as a sorcery. Okay, and, and we've got um, treasure tokens, so yep. yep. Yeah, 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 I think there'll be a lot of stuff that's just lying around that you can sacrifice. Um, yep. Free sacrifice outlets, very good. Yep. Drawing cards off that, really good. It also has another activate ability, which is to tap, discard your hand, transform Tarian's journal. And the backside of it is called the Tomb of... Uh, Akalots Zoz. Oh my goodness. I should have. Aklazots is what it is, actually. Aklazots. Yeah. Aklazots. It's a legendary land. It's a cave. It taps for black. And it also has the activated ability to tap. You may cast a creature card from your graveyard this turn. If you do, it enters the battlefield with a finality counter on it and is a vampire in addition to its other types. Okay. So worth noting. The sacrifice a creature, draw a card, activate only as a sorcery, but the discard your hand can be done at instant speed. Yes. Okay. So, so this that. can just sit around accruing value and then... And then when you're hellbent, mm-hmm. you can then cast stuff in your graveyard. And yep. Yeah. It's like um, there was another... There was an enchantment that used to flip when you hit five or less life. You paid life into it in the first set that was really yeah, strong. Yeah, it was one and a black. Yep. Um, I can't yeah, remember what it was I, called. I, yeah, uh, I sideboarded it over uh, different times. But yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yep. So, yep. Yeah, similar to that where it's a... Similar kind of feel. Yeah. Real okay. grindy card. Yeah, yep. I like it. Mm. Um, it's pretty cool. Um and we'll another one? probably see plain standard. I do have another one. Um, a Bulo Ancestral Echo. Uh, it's one white blue for a 2 2 legendary creature spirit. It has flying and ward two. And it has an activated ability of one white blue. Exile another creature or artifact you control. Return it to the battlefield under its owner's control at the beginning of the next end step. And I love me some flickers, and I've mm-hmm. got me a Brago deck, and uh, I'm gonna get a copy of this and put it in there. So it's like an extra flicker effect. Uh, it, it could also replace Brago uh, in my, you know, as my commander, because Brago relies on you know dealing combat damage, but does like flickers all of the things. But mm-hmm. um, you know, this this is just a, a flicker on a stick, so pretty cool. And real good mates with Soul Herder. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But as we saw, we in the uh, in the mechanics set uh, mechanics that we were talking through the uh, the didact echo. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you flick it out, that uh, draws a card. So mm-hmm. you know you can do like the blue oh, white is gonna flick have a, a golter bant flicker. You can flick a golter. <laughs> <laughs> Put more things into play. Let's go. Don't, don't make, do that. Don't make, do that. <laughs> make one of them a didactic. Okay, so you're drawing cards to draw more fatties to bring into play. Well, oh, yeah, like, here we go. 
yeah, yeah, it's all, all good fun. But yeah, I think um, I'm excited about having a uh, blue white blink uh, archetype for limited. Mm-hmm. Uh, it would be cool if it's good enough to impact standard. It would be a cool deck to have. Uh, yeah. and, you know, a bit of a point of difference and, um, you know, have sort of a bit of a tempo flicker thing going on. I don't know if it's gonna, we're going to have the support for that. We still don't have all the cards yet, but it's a something we haven't seen in in standard for a hot minute. So mm. would be cool. Yeah, it wasn't... And like momentary blink in, um, you know, Ravnica or whenever that was, uh, was a really long time ago mm-hmm. since we had something like that. So uh, yeah, and enters the battlefield... Uh, and flicker, uh, a trigger list would be super fun, and I'd I'd definitely be interested in playing that if it was good. So yeah, yeah. that's cool. Abuelo is um grandfather as well in Spanish, so it's, ah uh, nice. Yeah, Abuelo is grandfather. I'm pretty sure it's Abuela is grandmother. So it's like it is their grandfather that is like helping them out, which is pretty awesome. Very cool. Yeah. Um, all right, I got one more card I want to talk about. Okay, I mean, there's, there's lots more, but this one hit me. <laughs> this card's called Hit the Motherload. It is okay. four red, red, red. It's a sorcery. It says Discover 10. Right? So that's the okay. cascade thing. Yep. Uh, if the discovered card's mana value is less than 10, create a number of trapped, tapped treasure tokens equal to the difference. Okay. That's uh, a lot of treasures. It's just got a bunch of very excited pirates with a massive pile of gold <laughs> that they cool found. Art. It's great art. Yeah. I don't think this card is good. I think it's amazing. Yeah, it's a, uh, a very fun, cool card. Uh, but, you know, like seven minute sorceries need to do lots of things. But uh, It's going to cast another card, man. It's going gonna, it's gonna to hit a one drop and then you get nine treasures. Unfortunately, they do enter tapped. They uh they 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 broke the mold on that one. They they worked out that yeah. if you hit a one drop and then get nine free mana that immediately that's um yeah that that, that seems a bit busted. It um did. yeah so pretty pretty excited about this set. Sahili lost a spark. Uh, mm. Forgot about that. Um, Sahili cards kind of cool. Um, but yeah, there's lots of that. Jump onto uh, Scryfall. Uh, have a have a look through. Hit us up on our Discord uh, if there's any cards here that excite you, uh, and we we can we can talk about them. We can brew around them. Uh, we can, uh, yeah, share ideas. It's uh, it's super super fun, super cool, uh, and uh, yeah, our Discord is absolutely the place to be if you're not already in there for all things because you know new set means new standards. Uh, mm-hmm. We've got and and new limited great community for all of that stuff and we've got a league which has moved on to the next phase and we've got the league finals coming up but then we'll have our invitational Mm -hmm. uh, which is uh coming up as well which is part of our tournament series sponsored by joshua pat's mtg bazaar so if you want to get in on that for uh next year and our other events and things free to enter amazing prize support thanks to our legendary sponsors come over to the discord the link is in the show notes couldn't i said it better that's it i think we're basically done the other places if you want to come check us out 
um, Twitch, Twitter, YouTube. We have a website. It's all just Magic Beans Cast. Go to magicbeanscast.com and you'll find links to everything. But yeah, Discord's definitely the best place. This will be legal in standard when we hit the Envy, uh, which we always do a big uh, broadcast of, which is going to be a lot of fun. So I'm very excited to hopefully see a bunch of these cards in play and uh, people brewing around and, and getting some ideas of what fun things we can get up to in new standard which is very cool so come check us out please do uh you know tell us what you think tell us what cards excite you there's i was joking about the the bringer of the last gift the eight mana living end we we finally broke it uh <laughs> but it's uh, appropriately costed yeah it's it's now fixed uh it does say cast i'm sad because you can't reanimate it they keep fixing things man i want to do broken stuff Anyway, um, yeah, the cube will be out when uh, you know this before this set comes out. You get to get your fix then. True, true. Yeah. All right. Uh, I think that's everything. I think we've covered it all. Uh, yeah. Thank you, everyone. Appreciate you hanging out, and uh, we will chat to you in a couple of weeks. Bye.